What is up guys, Taiki here. Welcome to episode seven of the Crypto Market Wizards podcast. Today I have here with me the cat, CL207. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, very happy to be here, yeah. So what's like the origin behind the cat? Like wh when did this become a thing? Yeah, it's always been, a, I mean, there is like layers and layers of lore. Um, I think the earliest lore is like, like my mom went to, uh, I think, what's the word? Fortune teller, right? Yeah. Um, and then she was like, yo, you know, re re read this. And then the fortune teller was like, yo, um, you know, uh, he, he, oh, actually, some, yeah, fun, something funny was like, he, first of all, he's, he's like, this person is going to be a great writer. And I turned out to be a shit poster. And then he was like, uh, he might be successful. So, like, uh, but there is a problem where people have are gonna go after him, right? So that's like the feds. Um, but he, the the fortune teller was like, so to protect him from people going after him, you have to uh, let him know to be like uh, humble and soft, so like people like don't go after him. And then she's like, oh cool. So she's like, and then he's like, yeah, maybe you can give him like a cuter nickname or something. And then she just called me cat. So that yeah, so that's the original lore got it got it like what's it like being a pseudonymous character uh i think you mentioned in some posts that you know you travel all the time um you know people know you as cat so it's harder to build like real life experience or you know it's harder to build like meaningful connections like what are like the pros and cons of you know being this this cat online i don't feel like there's many cons it's mostly just pros like that's like you you're, you're whatever you want and then yeah, you can say whatever you want. Like, what, what are they gonna do, right? Like, they're like, "Yo, who the fuck?" Yeah, I don't know. We can't sue him for fighting our backs. And then it's like, <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe the only con so far is like, I feel like a bunch of smaller accounts get intimidated or like think I'm like a trillionaire, which I'm not even close to, and then like think I'm some like, uh, I don't know. They're just like, "Yo, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about meeting this guy." Like I, I know he's like like pop, like definitely safe and legit, but like you know, yeah. So yeah, maybe there is a bit of that, but overall, I think people generally are pretty happy to meet up. Um, I think the harder to build like deeper connection part is many more so because I travel too much, so like I don't really uh stay at a place to make like multi-year lifelong friends. Yeah, I I don't think I even have friends that I see consistently like throughout like a whole year. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think you necessarily need an introduction, but how did you get into crypto trading? Like when, and like, what do you do now? Um, I got an 18 and then I thought I can just buy and hold and get rich, but like Bitcoin from like 3k to 12k like in 2019 and then I was like still super poor so I was like you know I need some leverage you know <laughs> like just uh, maybe like just some and then uh yeah I just got into trading um and then it became much more of like a kind of like a video game endeavor where it's, it's like I was w way more fascinated than by fascinated by why price moved and like figuring it out then thinking about like oh how much am i gonna make on this trade i kind of just like had no idea until like sometimes like the trade kind of played out and i'm like oh interesting um yeah so that's how i started and yeah and then i i shared a lot of ideas on twitter 
Um, and then I was very lucky to have like an actual fund pick me up for a few months where I trade a prop for them. Um, or a trade a discretionary, uh, yeah, uh, as a discretionary trader for them. Uh, yeah, it was really like a bit of l lucky just to like start tweeting randomly and then lucky to have this guy reach out and like, yeah, he, he was telling his friends, yo, he was like autistic kid on the internet that seems pretty good let's hire him uh and then i just got hired uh this guy gave me a login i logged in and had a like 100 bitcoin in it on bitmax um i did okay yeah and then i left went solo yeah and when did you go solo uh in in 2020 yeah okay like was this before the covid crash or was it after uh it was about a month after yeah okay okay yeah like i i think Last time you met, or we met, like you told me about like some crazy, like experiences you had, like in March of 2020. Like, do you mind sharing uh, to our audience, like what happened then, and like how you recovered? Yeah, uh, actually, I I didn't lose too much because I was like, yo, if I can trade on this account, like I don't I don't need to like all in my own personal 5k net worth into whatever bullshit, right? So I I didn't really trade it. I had like just had some dust on like FTX and Binance back then. Um, but the the fund I was at was very into. Uh, actually, I'm not sure like how like if I'm allowed to say because I didn't even sign paperwork at the fund I worked. But you're at. a cat, right? <laughs> but you're a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so maybe I can. Okay. Well, the fund was like very interested into like moving the price, right? Like in favor of their position, obviously. Um. So we we did a lot of bullshit. Like like sometimes when Binance went down, we were like, Yo, can we shove Coinbase spot? Like it's like market by like one clip can we just like send this shit like 10 percent or not um so we were like just it, it's really like dj like so degenerate like shove market see impact sh shove in different menu see impact um like if this if we, we're leading the price on like this venue like which other venue gets arped up first like we actually it, it was very degenerate but there also ha there was also like a it's not quantitative because like we don't have like computational modeling of like yo if we pump Coinbase versus pumping on Bitcoin on Binance like which which one pumps harder like like we kind of have a sense of Binance have way deeper liquidity or like we 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 also have shoved on OKX by uh, quarterly futures like these were the biggest products by that back then and then OKX was like a great platform to uh, shove price back then because. Uh, Huobi used to also be big, and these was and Huobi, OKX, and Binance was like very well armed against each other. Um, and then Coinbase Kraken was way more segregated, segregated because I feel like they're the people that are between Asia and China uh, and US. Uh, they're uncertain of uh, the stable price of Tether. So sometimes, even if it's like Tether is like 0.99, that's like a massive difference on like if you can arb Bitcoin or not, right? So. Um, while it was very degen and we tried to like nuke and like move the market on BitMEX and like all these platforms, uh, we did end up getting a very clear sense of like how this market worked. Um, so the fund did pretty well overall, except in uh, in the crash where we actually did short, but we uh, but I I did not uh, long nor short. I, I was just flat. Um, the the fund didn't do too well. But it did okay in Bitcoin terms. Uh, but eventually, uh, I left, and yeah, just did my own thing.
Got it. So would you say that, you know, you joined in 2018, you're trying to, you know, trade up a small account, uh, couldn't do it, use leverage, and then eventually tr- like joined some prop fund uh, and then <clears> learned like the, how the markets moved. And then eventually you said, you know what, like, let's just like, let me do my own thing. Is that kind of how like your journey is in crypto? Yeah, to that point. Yeah. Got it. Like what led you to take that leap? Like what made you say, you know what, like, let me do my own thing. Like, wasn't like, did you think that the opportunity was worth it? Um, because you don't really have a TradFi background, right? Like you just join the markets, price go up, price go down, try to figure it out on your own. Like yeah. what was like the system, uh, what was like the process like for you to just like go full time? Dude, there, there, there was no process. Uh, like like it was it was just like completely, what do you call it? Like like if you come out of school, you have no job and then you're just trading crypto with like a few grand, you're like, you're fucked. Like I, I think I was just more a bit of luck and other people just being bad back then um i don't think it took that much to figure like to figure like stuff out or even just to like beat the market right so and i i seem like half of the trading going on is like just super gambling um so it it wasn't too hard to like shine a bit out like out of that pool of traders yeah I, i had no logical like decision of like career big picture like yeah i'm gonna do this this is amazing for my career like, i had no idea okay um <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i mean that, that, that's yeah, like most yeah, people yeah. right i mean we just we just like, kind of have like a gut feel or a gut instinct and we say you know what like i feel it in my bones <clears throat> you know just, just fucking go along uh, do you have like any memorable yeah, trades I, I, or like like i don't know like memorable moments that like led you to i guess quote unquote make it uh not really i think i think it, it would be pretty surprising to yeah it's always surprising to many people when i tell them like my biggest single trade pnl is like maybe two three hundred like okay like not more than that like but i have a lot of those and i have a lot of like losses in that range but like less often and that's about yeah much less like loss in that uh, most of my losses are like much smaller so when i did do trade um it was very much just scalp and like like intradays intra weeks like nothing like i i've never held a position for over a month i don't think except doge which i fumbled anyways what was that doge trade oh my god uh so me Albie Feldman, and a few friends we 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 had this whole thesis in like mid late 2020 well late 2020 as in like right before the doge pump we gave up but we were like a significant chunk of like doge futures uh market where like the entire open interest is probably just us to be honest because like i know i personally held over 10 percent of the the market on doge and i also made sure to like long a like exotic quarterly contract where i don't do not have enough bid to get out after i buy right but i ended up getting out anyways because i i was begging like sam bankman free to give me a bit otc to get out of the quarterly contract that has zero bid after a few months of holding that position but yeah, um, our thesis was, was like, yeah, the best shit coin. It's on Robinhood, you know. If there's like, yeah, it's just gonna get get driven up by normies like who start getting in, right? So it played out well, just not the trade. Um, when we missed out, I don't know. We could have. I think we collectively missed out on like a few hundred mil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the... it's kind—it's of, kind of ridiculous because at the top, like, Doge was trading like 
200 300 billion dollars a day like more than like national volume of entire like korean uh ron fx or some shit like 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 if you held had one billion dollar of doge i I still find this fact ridiculous right because like you can sell one billion of nothing onto the market no slippage like that's insane like you can't like that's just insane yeah yeah would would you say like that type of environment is characteristic of like near market tops when i mean of course for bitcoin and ether um you know you can trade a billion without like minimal slippage but for altcoins like is that kind of like how do you think about timing market tops like identifying like like bottom signals and whatnot yeah they tend to go on for a while so it could be a bit deceiving but like um yeah like if every altcoin have like so much liquidity like something's wrong right like because at some point um well, like, yeah, like I, I don't really, like, I, I can't say for every cycle, like the coming cycle, like maybe the shit is just like the norm, like ne- ne- in the future, but partly because this, this, this bottom so far we have had, like we consolidated here for a year, right? And then you look at like app, like what I would consider absolute vaporware to have multi-billion market cap, and then that's apparently the peak of capitulation bottom. Like what the fuck? Like that's our society is insane. Like, like. Like it's just a collective, what like collective, uh, like pursuit to buy a lottery tickets and degenerate trading, uh, like and that that somehow just holds the market up, right? And I mean, it kind of makes sense for word the world to go in this direction, um, so it kind of makes sense. So, and there is way less like, uh, att- like attract like like attractiveness to trading Bitcoin than like alts. So the next like the the top could be like even like probably more ridiculous right so so yeah yeah like do you do you actually see value in cryptocurrencies or do you just more see it as a market to trade with like all these autist individuals just like gambling and degenerating like try to, to try to get out of you know like you know to get to like next level of wealth i guess um there is always yeah i mean there is some value in like but I think a lot more value in the in the prior statement about um just trading yeah like literally just trading like it's just a game um then i mean there there is a lot of value i saw last cycle where it, it's very small by the way um where like a, a lot of artists i knew um and i've commissioned like hundreds um they were very open to being paid in like stable coins or bitcoin or ETH. um so that was very fascinating to me and like very just much more convenient than like paypal or wires like that was just way more just yeah and unironically like fees on a lot of these are actually cheaper than paypal so that's that's been good um so i mean there is definitely value in like just an asset being globally traded over like yo you you gotta like sign up and be like a creditor investor to like invest or like trade or and just fully kyc which and then yeah many people don't want to do all of that and then if you're like not in the us like your access to like a lot of these financial instruments are super like restricted right so there's definitely a lot of value in just having like this open participation um yeah yeah like it's it, but a lot of what we're gambling on, like like eighty percent, ninety or like or more, like ninety five percent is just like hot garbage. But <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Do you think it's important to view crypto as a game? Uh, it, it seems like you were into video games. Uh, you mentioned before that you kind of view this market as a game. Uh, do you think that helps you separate the emotion and the, like, the money component to it? Um, do you think that's like really important to be a successful crypto trader? Yeah, I would say people that view it as a game, like kind of like just, just like as not real, like definitely have done well, but also like a lot of these have like lost it all just because like they, they don't feel like it's real. And I used to be way more like that, but you know, if you go outside and just like even buy anything, like like ho like holy crap, this is like a fraction of your slippage. That's that's just really absurd, right? Like you gotta start de-risking at that point. Um, I feel like yeah, mentally I've de-risked de-risked since like tw like end of twenty twenty, early twenty twenty one. From that yeah, but prior to that, like a lot of the trading I I've done are on way more risk. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, how how much did you like start out with? Um, like like crypto. A few 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 grand. Got it. And in the last, let's say from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one, um, you've gone to a state where you know you're comfortable with life. You're you know traveling. Do do you think like that few thousand to make it is still possible in crypto and if so if someone like retail is watching this video like how would you recommend uh like what do they need to do in order to you know make it in the next cycle let's say honestly i don't know but something i do realize is like just a, like how intense the turnover rate is on crypto twitter in terms of both just people dying out and like alpha where it's like i see a lot of people posting very valuable stuff that only have like a few thousand followers or like 10,000 like like relatively small right and then here I am kind of just contributing nothing um <laughs> but like maybe like three four or five years ago I had a bit more to say about like you know Bitcoin and DeFi and like buying like what well, buying synthetics and Aave at pretty cheap and then longing here and shorting there on ETH like but I see a lot of um Let's just say, like, it's a, it's, it's a very different game in, like, these kind of returns on, like, you, you can definitely, like, trade on centralized exchange on, like, leverage. That's, like, very, I would say it's, it's, a, it's definitely harder than, like, 2019, 2018, like, that, that period. Um, but it's, it's still definitely doable. Like, I would say the main issues, like, Binance removing liquidation feeds. Um, you don't see the like a clear picture of liquidation and open interest is like delayed by like a minute or something, right? So it's like every time we pump or nuke like really fast, um, you're basically guessing like if you should sell or not, if, if you, or if you should buy or not, like which can be deducted, but it's just like uh, it's just less obvious, I guess. Um, so it's definitely still tradable, and uh. Off centralized exchanges, there's a lot of shitcoining going on where, like, I feel like maybe like 20% win, and like, majority of people just either run into a rug or just like fumble or like just buy the wrong thing. Uh, but it's it, that game is also just like very complex where it's like, like, sometimes one shitcoin really stands out, go from like, like zero, my zero market cap to like 100 mil, and it's all it's always pushed by like a lot, a lot of like, uh, what you call influencers and stuff um i mean it it is a game you can play but yeah maybe uh, yeah i i can't i can't feel like 
I can't I can't think if the odds are better like here compared to trading trading like on leverage on centralized. But yeah, there is a lot of like this kind of stuff uh, going on where I see I do see people make like a lot of uh, sums. But yeah, and I do feel like it's honestly yeah like uh, like f for much lower risk. There's a lot of like farming stuff you can do, um, which luckily there wasn't much in my time because I would have probably, I don't know if I would have done that, but maybe I would have. Yeah. So I wouldn't have made as much, but yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about farming. Um, I do run a DeFi channel. Um, and recently there was this new farm and, you know, you're an investor uh, in Blast, this new L2 backed by Paradigm. Um, and backed by Paradigm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Backed, backed by Paradigm. And right now um, this Blast contract, it's not a bridge, it's a contract that has Almost, let me refresh this. It was almost half a billion dollars in TVL, and this is in a few days. Um, it seems like a lot of people are upset, upset by this. Um, I think it's a pretty good like marketing move. I mean, I think the chain itself makes sense as well. Um, do you mind kind of going over this, you know, incentives like mechanism, like, like the points, like thesis you have with like loyalty points marketing? Um, do you think this is like where crypto goes eventually, where instead of giving out token rewards, you just give out? Uh, like fake points, um, and that way, you know, you that way you uh, you, know, you attract capital and try to, I guess, like build moats that way. Um, what, what do you think about Blast? Yeah, I, I don't think it's worth worth for people to farm this anymore unless you do have a lot of capital, right? And it's like, um, like points just they just work. Like, um, you know, you, there's like a like every company use it, right? If they have a, if they have like a high user base or like audience um and it's a great like mar both marketing like it's just it's, it's a great ponzi and marketing thing to have and i do think yeah probably more projects are doing doing it i mean they're they are, are like you already see it um i don't yeah at, at, at half a bill like i mean like i think the tv all goes to like more so it does reach it's going to reach a point where like most it's not going to be worth for most of the people to farm it like maybe even me right like so it probably is not the ideal farm um but yeah I, and there's probably better farms out there um which i i probably shall not say for for my own sake of uh dilution <laughs> <laughs> got it got it yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, right now, um, there's a market on Ava, which is like this option slash perpdex, and it's valuing Blast to be 3.6 billion FDV, which is pretty insane, right? Like they just spun up this contract, collected half a billion, and now, I mean, albeit like the liquidity profile is like very thin. There's only like 75k worth of volume. Uh, how do you think the like? What do you think about like these valuation models? Like, what gives L1s, L2s value? I mean, what gives any token value? Have you ever like thought about that? Like, is there is there like an answer? Is there like, yeah, like what what crypto moves so weird? Right? Like, how how do you value these things? How do you think about valuations? You you just you just move them based on uh like how many people even know about it and how many people give a shit and pay attention to it. That's pretty much it. And then it's like something I learned from behavior psych is uh. We always need to have a reason for something, apparently, right? Yeah. So every decision we make, there's either uh, a more like fact, um, concrete reason, or there is a more like social reason. Um, so the fact reason would be like, hey, you know, 
we are ABC Capital. We took your investor money and we bought Apple shares. And here's our reason. Like they, they, they make a reason for why they bought Apple shares, right? And then they're like, oh, the revenue is this. Uh, their their gross projection is that. Like it's amazing. Like we, the, the the earning to whatever price, you know, ratio is, is great. Uh, we're going to hold this position. And then like that kind of is like a cult, actually. Um, like even, yeah, there is real money. Like at some point, it's like too cheap. But like, obviously, like, like if it's trading at like fifty hundred, like it's 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 pretty much like a game, right? So it's like even if it goes underwater, I feel like a lot of these funds are like, kind of just become a call. They're like, oh no, we still believe in this. We still, it's like it's like their bible, right? It's like oh no, we believe in it, and then the P is good trust, and then it's like they just keep holding it. It's like yo, what the fuck? Like, and it's kind of the same. Like, and and here is like. And, and and the more psych- the more social part of reasoning would be like, hey, you have an iPhone, yeah, like you know, the tech is amazing. Like you, we got this feature, that feature. Like yeah, iPhones are the best. You know, it's just amazing. And then it's like, if you actually look through what they do with their phones, like they they don't they just they actually never use ninety percent of the quote unquote tech they just mentioned. And then it's like, okay, are you really buying this for the tech, or do you just like? say something because that's socially acceptable to own an iphone and socially acceptable to say why an iphone is superior right so it's like that's the two main reasoning we give ourselves for our intentions um and it's very much the same it's like uh, here where it's like the people make up some whatever metric and be like yo this is why this is valued at this and why it's like gonna go up or down and or like, yo, GCR bought, so you know, it's it's now fashionable for me to own a position. Uh, it's, or it's like, oh, Kobe's in too, yeah. So you know, I, I I'm in the trend. This is in the the new Balen- the Balenciaga mm-hmm. of uh, uh the the coin to hold for this week, right? So it's like, it, it's very similar in that. Um, and especially if you're in a, like a Discord group and everyone apes a shitcoin, like you you kind of know like you're probably about to ape that that thing right so uh it's yeah it's it's just like overall it's just like how many people know about it and how many people really care about it in a sense that give valuation to these tokens um and and like attention is really important now because like you you could quote-unquote have like amazing tech like but if no one talks about it, like no one like cares, like even heard about it, like how are they gonna buy this coin, right? Like they can't. So we've reached a point of where, I, in my opinion, uh, social media is kind of like the fundamentals, or like we're getting more and more to that point. And then it's like some people may be like, "Yo, some protocols actually make money, yo." What What do you mean? And then it's like, "Yeah, well, if no one talks about us about this on social media." then it never made money dude because uh, people won't hear about it then they're not going to buy it but if everyone shows like oh this protocol makes money even if it's not a lot it's gonna the token's probably gonna go up right so yeah it's very much just um getting to a point of uh, just hyper influence influencer like social media ish market yeah i would say yeah and i think like gme was actually just like the start of like all of this um for tradfi like i think like e- even like common stocks like in m- yeah definitely maybe not like the 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 major like stocks but like the mid caps and small caps are definitely going to be moved um by like a lot of retail in the future too yeah
Yeah, it's like if, if a tree falls in the middle of the forest and no one's there to hear it, like, did it really make a noise? Right? If a protocol has yeah. good fundamentals, but no one knows about it, no one's shilling it, like, is it actually good? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like trading attention, um, like where attention flows. Um, and I got this audience question, um, asked him about this flows-based approach to markets, um, and Jess tweeted about this as well. Um, like, d- how would you characterize your trading style? Like, do you think that, hey, like, if I expect attention to flow to this coin, it makes sense to front run those flows um, because, you know, more people will talk about it. Um, you're trading attention. Is that kind of how you would characterize your trading approach? Um, Honestly, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty horrible at that, actually, which is why I don't, I don't dabble so much in the altcoin markets. Um, yeah, I actually mostly just do like big caps um, and the flows they talk about or I've mentioned is actually more just like, you know, like, if Coinbase is buying on spot and perps are longing on perps, like, dude, it's just going to go up, right? Like, so that's the kind of flows I trade. And I, I, like, I, I'm a very aggressive trader who does not care about entry and like with no distinct stop loss. But like, at some, I mean, like some kind of like momentum way to stop loss or like like time way to stop loss more so than like a price one. Um, like if like if spot and perps are both like like buying like the last hour like I, i'm just gonna buy like yeah i'm buying the top why not like a sell like a the, the next top right like <laughs> so like I, i'm very aggressive and stuff like that and like if they stop buying then sure you know uh, i'm very i'm very likely looking to like just close out um no matter where the price is if it's higher or same or lower right so uh, that, that's I guess just like trading momentum, honestly, but you also do factor in some stuff like, hey, you know, we've, everyone's been buying and longing for like three weeks, you know, if momentum breaks here, it's going to be huge. So then I might jam in on like a reverse, like, you know, no one's bought in like six, like six hours and their open interest and leverages and and funding rates are jacked. And, you know, I'm going to jam on the first, uh, like sell, sell momentum, right? So it, 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 like there's there's a lot of game to like like that in terms of flows and and then you're kind of just praying the people who've been buying like take some profits or like panic sell or whatever right so that's a lot of the flows i trade and i i think jazz is a much better narrative trader than me and most people honestly like like uh, I, I i'm the type to like think about oh doge could be the next narrative and then just like not even have any exposure yeah so yeah, I'm probably not a great like altcoin trader, except for DeFi, I guess. Um, that was just very obvious. Maybe because I the groups I hang out with are more like on the funds sides and like retail side. Maybe it's more obvious if like you talk to like a hundred like non-institutional traders every day. Like, I mean, that's a lot of alpha, right? They might start talking about X coin, and all of them are like, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't have exposure. It keeps pumping. Fuck. And then you're like, fuck it. I'm just gonna long it. Like, or like, I, I don't know what what they do honestly. But when I was like in like people are funds are talking about DeFi, they're like, yo, we can't deploy because there's no liquidity. I'm like, that's so bullish. I'm all like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so that's more like the stuff I I hear about. So I may know a bit more of. Um, I I I I I do remember the synthetics Ave trade. I, I was buying synthetics at like 
sub one dollar and then like every five thousand usdc buy i made on chain it was moving the price two percent and then i was like wait that i can't even you know pack a 50k back then i'm gonna move the price up 20 percent. like that's ridiculous right so you're really like really trying to like not like slap the price too hard um yeah so that that was like a very different um Tra- trading and I, I didn't even put too much into like these trades because like I just had no idea if it really does play out or not or, or not although I kind of feel like it like it almost like was definitely what like gonna play out yeah yeah you mentioned the DeFi trade I'm assuming in 2020 was like obvious right uh like what made it obvious aside from the fact that maybe at the time your size was in size and you were front running you know like the institutional bid uh like what like what did you see in DeFi at the time that made you think that, like, wow, like this is so obvious, like I have to, you know, buy SNX, Aave, etc. Oh, it was like pretty much the only thing that was new and shiny, and like the only thing people talked about, and it's like it's just ridiculous, right? Like, hey, hey, there's a new smart contract. You put money in, you get some yield here, and then you get the token. Cool. Now you get the token, you dump it, your yield is now this amount, which is like let let's say like three hundred percent. That's bonkers. Um, people thought it was a scam and like they they all just kept talking about it and it was just a very strong momentum and attention right and then it's like oh now there's like some funds like deploying some like capital you know why not like let's deposit like we we have a big fund let's slam a mill into like this farm get some risk-free return or like unless you get rugged which i assume some of these funds had like a like a dude who action actually can read read some code and be like, hey, you know, this seems pretty safe or or not, right? So a lot of, so a lot of funds funds started farming DeFi like later on, um, and that was like uh, like a, like one of the main things a lot of funds did in 2021. But yeah, in 2020 they they were just getting started, and yeah, it was like pretty much the only new thing where you can like leverage on chain, like borrow money on chain, and then just like do this and that like some some funny mechanisms where people have never been able to do before um or they could but there there was just like not no size at all um i i actually remember i deposited one eth into dharma um in 2019 and then i was getting four percent yield and i was like yo this is like so cool like like i, I can see like this eth going into the pool and then like Actually, back then, it was like individual pools. So if you want to borrow ETH, you have to like either find a, someone who's like willing to lend out the same amount or something. But yeah, it was, it was badly designed, I think. Uh, but I can see the exact address I borrowed my ETH. Uh, and I was like, yo, that's fascinating. Like, I know he has to pay back because like, he's going to get liquidated for a way more uh, amount of USDC if he does not pay back, right? So And that USDC goes back to paying me. Uh, buying like one ETH and sending it back to me, right? So, um, I knew it was safe, uh, unless like we really just like abruptly like sent like hundred percent in like one minute with no like like liquidity to cover, which was like not really possible. But like, yeah, like there there was something really insane has to happen for it, right? It sounds like you know in 2019 you were experimenting with things uh, with DeFi, you kind of knew how it worked, and then in 2020. You know, like more de- like the devs start to build. Uh, you start to see like actual functioning apps, uh, Comp, Ave, etc. Um, do you think you know like for the next? I mean, like talking about like the present. Um, do you think something has to be new and shiny for it to pump? Um, for example, like DeFi seems like a more mature market now. Like, do you think there are 
investment opportunities in DeFi? Or do you, like if, if you were starting a new account and you're, and you're trying to like run it up, what sectors do you think um, has the most amount of opportunity? Oh, there's so many sectors now. And honestly, I, I don't really know like half of them, to be honest, because like, like, like if you t- tell me about games and AI and like, like, I just have no idea. Like, like, I feel like games, uh, they make some revenue from like, I don't know, selling skins or some shit. And then it's like, okay, are people buying? And then like, you, I guess you can project something, but AI is just like such a new world to me. Like, I don't know anything about AI, so I'm just not going to talk about it. But some people may actually know something about it, and then they can be like, "Okay, cool. Uh, this, this, uh, like, I don't know, right? Like, they they can make some stuff up about, or they may see something like people don't, and then if you believe in that, like AI narrative to to happen, then sure. Um, and then now we have like RWAs, which I also don't know about because it's like. I do like the real world. Are you serious? Like, <laughs> you're a cat. <laughs> like, I thought we were trading. I thought we were trading like magical internet money. Like, what is this real world stuff? Like, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, but but like, I I, I am kind of bullish on on it because just like the overall fact that you can just earn yield. Like yield is like everything yield related to yield and just giving out free money is just bullish, right? Because it's like. It's it's just a, it's just a meme people have always uh, accepted and like like about like just earning over time. So yeah, anything with yield is just is just good in my opinion. It's a good thesis. So you like someone could see something there and be like, okay, this is like clearly like undervalued. Like the this shit one or that shit one. Like I I don't want to name or like um talk too much about like specific projects. That I, like honestly i don't even know like how safe they are right but if if you know then you know right so so it's like yeah i think dj spartan tweeted this it's like the passive income meme is much more attractive than like hodl wag me you know like that cavell um and like that's one yeah. of the reasons like, he, he likes staked ether um real world assets also it's like the yield skills right like most DeFi farms the more tvl goes in the yield dilutes like i like for example blast um, but if it's like treasuries or other types of debt, it's like, well, yeah, like billions can enter and the yield's still the same. Um, do you think like RWAs can be like a sector that people are underestimating? Like, do you think crypto natives inherently don't like RWAs because it's like, oh, real world, like I, I love my magic internet money. Uh, do you think it's like a sector that people are like, people think that they're overlooking? Uh, I don't think they're overlooking because like we already have a lot of people talking about it. And then it's like, well, like I, I honestly do not know like what's the exact mechanism people are bringing like oh whatever yield from whatever government is like to on-chain like like there there is a few forms where the people are also just buying like oh like yeah hey our protocol owns like a thousand houses here we're renting them out and this is your passive income and it's like yo what like like i like like we, i like i don't have no clue how legal that is or like just how ruggable that is or like how safe it is but if you know it's safe like and you think it's undervalued i think i think then they they can that can be a good play um also i feel like a part of the meme is like not really about us but like a lot of new buyers are not going to be are going to be kind of like a mix of just like our generation and then the older generation which probably prefer something that sounds like something they already know which is like rwas would be something they kind of know right and then 
I feel like that's also why Ripple always got a persistent bid. It's just like, hey, we partner with banks. It's it's complete like scam, but like that sounds so legit, right? So it's like it's it's a great Ponzi. Like they just keep saying, yeah, we're yeah this bank, yeah international wire, bro. Like it's like <laughs> they just get a perma bid. It's like that's that's just crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, like. I used to play poker and I was in these poker discords and there was like this one guy who was so adamant that like XRP was going to hit a thousand dollars and nothing could shake his confidence on that. Um, and they're, they're, they're like people that, yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, but if I can, how many years has it been? Does he still think it's going to a thousand? Yeah, 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 no, like for sure. Like he's, he's very, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's okay. part of like crypto YouTube and whatnot, right? Like you mentioned earlier, like the crypto markets are more and more, influenced i guess by influencers because people's source of truth are like whatever you know people see on the internet like do you think that's healthy for the markets or do you think it's this natural evolution of this you know this eternity online eternally online society that uh, it seems like the younger generation is uh, becoming a part of yeah i think it is and i i think at some point it is, it is going to be really really bad uh get to a point where it's just so bad that we try to find another system that helps it get better again uh which is why i was so just into like some kind of rep system like so we can like like even ai is getting really good right so it's like yo if we can't even distinguish like a celebrity between like if they're, are they even real like like we can't even tell right because it's like especially in this industry like it's completely acceptable at this point that you're just like some character so if there's some like weird cartoon character animal that's like screaming out tickers and they just keep pumping like if they're an ai like they're gonna be like the overlord of like a corner of twitter where like they can just keep influencing the market right and then it's like or just like way more like of these like bought accounts or like phishing like scam and like just that just like scam people right just tweet links dm people random like promotion stuff uh yeah I, I i can see it getting pretty bad and it's really hard to for like one entity to filter all of these out because like if there is a rule like on like on the internet i feel like it's or or just like overall like i feel like you there is a like a way around it so it's just like hey we did this implementation to like get out get the bots out and then like you, you you have like a million team of like people who just want to like code some bs bot to like scam some money like it's like no risk but full return right so it's like it's such a great thing to do uh if you're just if you just don't care about like ethics and uh just want to make money right um so you got all these smart people that's just gonna find what the rules are and just bend around it and just keep you know buying social media accounts and like going for it um I, th I think it, it 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 will get pretty bad, and then like a rep system where like if everyone, if every like actual living being participates in it, then it's it becomes much more harder for like a bot to really infiltrate. Um, although that's like ov obviously at the cost of like the entire society putting time into into this, and um, yeah. Although in real life the entire society do put time into this, which is why I thought it could kind of work, because like. Like, if we meet and, like, a group of friends meet, they might talk about, hey, you know, that guy, I I don't trust him because he did this and that. And, like, w words spread, right? But 
it doesn't spread as easily here i feel like or just people just forget forget because like these posts get buried in a week or a month and then or people just restart an identity it's really easy to like restart an identity but it's hard for an identity to really like stay and like get really big so yeah so i mean with like the rep system um i think you wrote a blog post around friend tech like I think recently, like the keys have come down across the board. Uh, are you still bullish friend tech or like, where do you think it goes from here? Yeah, I always thought friend tech was a mix of just like a mix of both rep and something else, a bit of like how much, you, how active you are or like how, how much ETH are you spending kind, kind of. And then like, and then there's like a bit of Ponzi where there's three, three going on. And then there's a bit of like actual utility where it's like, okay. I can buy this, like, maybe there's, like, I would say maybe there's actually at least five good traders on the platform where, you know, there's genuinely, uh, like, a justifiable lifetime price to pay for. Um, but personally, I, I don't really need that because, like, I, it's really hard for me to trade off other people's opinions. Um, kind of like if you log into someone else's trading account and you see, like, five positions, you don't really know why they're open, where they think it's going to go like you you have no clue how to manage these from that point on right so it's kind of the same where it's like okay this guy said this goes up okay by how much i don't know like uh or like if they say by how much like uh, I, I don't know man like it's just like it's just not your trade so it's like really hard for you to have a conviction in it and then like it might draw, draw down a bit and you might panic but like if that guy have way more conviction than you, he might hold and he might be right, right? So it's like a lot of this is like really hard to, for me at least, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really do that, but but on, but yeah, uh, there is some value there and then a bit of like influence and that. But overall, I still really like the platform, to be honest. Um, I've met like a lot of uh, people there and part of it was actually just me buying a bunch of accounts that are of the Asian community and I bought some like Middle Eastern people and then they're like hey yo uh, if you want to get into like our like my homies like group chat like here's a link uh, and then I joined the, these chats right and it's like really cool like just to see what they're talking about and it's like I thought that was like probably like obviously it's not worth like what how much I spent like I'm not gonna say but yeah but that was still at least something came out of it. It wasn't just like I bought like a scam and then it went to zero. Um, I'm, I'm still quite happy with how it played out so far. Yeah. Although, uh, uh, yeah, like, I it could have it it could be better, but yeah, uh, not complaining. I hope the points are worth something, but <laughs> you know we still don't know at this point. Yeah. yeah like you, you mentioned earlier, like you know it's if someone talks about their trade or you see someone's trade, it's really hard to build a conviction because you don't know why they put on a trade uh, and you don't know their time horizon. Um, and it seems like, you know, crypto Twitter and CT, uh, it seems like people just throw out tickers um, and say it's going to go up and whatnot. Like as a valuable member of the CT community, how do you, like, how would you recommend an average person like utilize crypto Twitter? It, it, yeah, that's another problem. It takes a lot of time to get good at this. As in to even know what you're reading is like how legit this guy is. Like, I feel like as you spend time on this website, you kind of like on subconsciously, subconsciously build like a, eh, like a, a, kind of like how legit they are a score. Um, and then they are like a, 
okay, uh, this guy is not very good, um, but this guy is pretty good. So uh, I think it's pretty uh, innate for like they, they, they most people probably kind of have a sense of how to use it. But yeah, I would just say yeah, just uh, just, just yeah, I I guess just find people and see if they're like you, you. I mean, a lot of their tweets can be backtested, and then it's like if they like a lot of accounts do delete tweets, but I feel like it could be pretty obvious as you follow them too. Um, yeah, uh, and I I would definitely always make my like your your own decision, um, just because like that's how you actually really get good at something, not like from you know listening to others. Yeah. So first of all, like I really appreciate you taking the time, um, but I'll try to get into the rapid fire question uh, section. Um, so yep. you mentioned earlier, um, and th this was surprising to me, uh, you know, you, your biggest, I guess, win was like two to 300 K and you typically don't try to hold, like hold trades for a couple of days to a couple of weeks. Like, why is that? Like, haven't, haven't there been high conviction trades that you don't mind holding for? months at a time or do you is that like more your trading style your personality do you want to talk about that yeah i think it's a bit of both where it's like i i tend to find it hard i mean like everyone's different um but i i like I, it's hard for me to have conviction on something that's just like like on like a higher time frame just because like the uncertainty just gets bigger and bigger right as more time there is to for you to guess what's going to happen um yeah so even when bitcoin was breaking out of like 12 to 16 to 20k like i, I was pretty sure all of that was going to happen but like I, I could only hold a position to like 16 for example right because like i knew like i'd retrace would come and then it's much harder for me to mentally read long like 15k it's like bro i've never longed my whole life i like my two years of two three years of trading so far has been uh bitcoin is like, like 5k 8k you know like 15 is crazy so i think it takes some skill to to adjust to that but and like i should have thought about like yo this is time where you do not think about what the fuck the price is when you're longing like you sold 16 it's time to rebuy 15 if you think it's going to 20 right and like but i i i didn't rebuy the size i want but also just like if you're if you're on like some form of leverage which i was then it's really hard to hold a position from 12 to 16 and then just keep holding even though you know like we're gonna like wick to like 14 or 15 just from like some profit taking and then it's like like you get you gotta hold that for like a week two weeks like that's crazy like like it's really hard to sleep it's really hard to uh do a lot of things where like and then you just have like a, a massive mental block on your head where it's like I have a ridiculously sized position on this uh, magic internet money, which I think is going to 20k. But I know for this week it might scam me. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's just like you're you're gonna suffer for that like a uh, like 10 days to like uh I'm very much of like a life maximalist where it's like or happy maximalist where it's like hey you know just. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do not want to win more. Just, just let get me out of the stress. So I'm more of that kind of, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, like, what, what, what do you think are like common traits of successful, successful traders? I mean, obviously you have a bunch of friends who are amazing traders. Um, you've seen people blow up, come and go. Um, yeah, do you want to talk about like what makes someone successful when it comes to investing or trading in crypto? 
Um, obviously, uh, good risk management. Um, and most people I know do really well are pretty humble. Um, and then the the not so humble ones tend to go bigger. But I've seen them draw down also much more. Um, yeah, just like good ego, good being humble. Um, Get at risk, uh, or being ha- like having the ability to know you're wrong, having like the ability to think you're you're, you're not like you can be wrong and you're not like invincible or like just like know everything. Uh, yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned risk management, but it seems like you know you you like to turn up the you know the, the leverage up, right? Um, and sometimes uh, you can't get good sleep and whatnot. Uh, what are your risk management, I guess, rules? Or like, what are some rules you live by uh, when it comes to trading on leverage? Uh, well, usually I always babysit my positions. Like, like I, I might play a game of league or two, but like, you know, I can still tap out and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not necking to zero right now <laughs> or like going to infinity where I'm short, you know? Yeah. But overall, I mine's, mine's just very momentum-based. Like, or kind of just like monetary base. If if I'm down like six fakes, I'm definitely looking to cut. Uh, even if I think it's gonna bounce in favor of my position, just because I tend to have this system where if I'm wrong by that much margin, then I do not deserve to be break even to begin with. Uh, even if I think it's gonna like uh, retrace to my entry immediately or something. Um, so this I guess this 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 part of trading is where I see it as a game and not like real money. Got it. Yeah, some of the some of the trading stuff I do is not definitely not very, um, I guess like just perfect EV or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think that the majority of your trades are more gut feel driven, just because you're just always staring at the charts? You kind of know how these markets move. Um, yeah. Like, is how how important is gut feel to you? That's pretty a good amount. And then there's always a kind of like a a feel of like where like a price level ish i mean it's pretty obvious where like people get liquidated and stuff but yeah there's also a gut feel of like how likely how like how how bad that it's like that move is gonna get if we go to this level or that level right because like you kind of have to like because like oh i feel like the data is not as transparent you kind of have to like take some leaps of assumptions where i think like if we like dip five percent here we utterly fuck because you know that destroys everyone on x20 leverage which is like pretty common honestly for this market to have and then it's like if you also assume a lot of positions are open they're like high leverage and like around the same price we've been consolidating and then if we move like against all these positions they're gonna have to close and then that's gonna cause like probably way more moves uh in percentage wise and then yeah so those kind of gut feels are pretty it's both a gut feel and like somewhat quantitative i guess in a sense but yeah yeah so you mentioned you're like a momentum trader trader um and you know like you might be aiming the top but you're gonna long uh do you have any examples of like recent trades that you've taken uh, whether it be bitcoin eth solana things like that uh where you've used that system and how did that turn out for you yeah uh i mean like earlier today bitcoin was at like what 30 37 7 and i just long and that's like the highest it's been in like I don't know a week or so, and then I just sold at thirty eight flat. Um, so that, I mean that's just like pure momentum, and then yeah, didn't make a ton on it. Maybe like 
10k. But yeah, I, I I don't trade a lot anymore. But like today I'm home, so and I kind of saw like like okay, the the momentum is just crazy. It's definitely gonna like test 38 some, somehow. So yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> seems like you go off vibes. I mean, this is like, like this such is crazy. A, I'm, I'm going it, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is just like such such intraday BS stuff going on. Like, honestly, not even worth talking about. But yeah, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, so a few more questions, uh, then I'll let you go. Um, like, what are some biggest misconceptions about the crypto markets uh, that you see a lot? Oh, I I love the they are gonna dump it or like they are gonna protect the price. It's like who who they bro? Like they they like they do not exist. You know, <laughs> like there is no like God in this market. That's like yeah they're protecting it or like or they're gonna like send it, or like it i feel like that's like some misconception people have there there is just like a lot of fucking rich kids and a lot of fucking rich people in general like that's in this right and they're they're all they all love to gamble and they're all gambling on alongside you right so it's like and you might not know why they're buying and selling so it's like when price don't react to some news like hey why didn't we dump like there's such bad news like like the, the person buying might not even know what's going on. They just wanted to buy and fuck off, right? Like, <laughs> like some some things cannot just be can, can just not be explained, and like you don't have to think it's like some weird like 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 they that's like influencing the market. Yeah, yeah. I think it's normal for for humans. Maybe you don't understand because you're a cat, but I think every human wants to rationalize why something has happened. Um, but sometimes the markets move, and you just have to react, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh so final question I have for you. Um yeah, I have a lot of viewers. Uh they're listening to this podcast and they want to make it. Uh like how do you think, you know, like an average retail trader can make it next cycle? Uh do you have any life lessons, life a life alpha that you want to share? Oh my god. This this is always the hardest question because it's like what do you say to help like all these people get rich? Fuck, <laughs> I do not know, bro. Like <laughs> I'm trying to like I, I I it's pretty hard for me to get richer myself like like honestly I do feel like big accounts are overrated small accounts are underrated on average and then I think there's a lot of alpha in these like on-chain traders and a bunch of the smaller centralized exchange traders where not many people are following as much just cuz like they don't ship posts as often and then yeah, I I think a lot of big accounts are pretty like just overrated in general. Um, they do have a lot of say in like just momentum of shit coins because like you you I mean you know if like everyone over a hundred k follower tweeted a ticker like bro that shit's gonna send right. But like like a like a smaller account may be talking about stuff that that's that's less just like less aggressive but actually like kind of valuable. Um. Or it could be talking about something that big accounts catch on later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So would you say that maybe this obscure coin just like pumped a lot um, for whatever reason? Maybe is it like worth maybe going on Twitter, looking up the ticker, identify some accounts that talked about it before, um, and then try to network with them, talk to them? Uh, is that like, do you think, like, how important is like networking, do you think? Oh, yeah. Networking is amazing. I mean, like you, you can... Like a lot of these group chats, they're not exclusive at all. They're just like, yo, if you're if you're just like a nice guy out there, and like you're cool, like people are just gonna add you, right? Like to a bunch of random like 
chats. They may be good. They they may just be playing games. But like eventually you make friends with them and like some like some some of the bets they take do make money. Um, so, and it's like, or 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 you just all get rucked together. I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I I think a lot of the small accounts out there, especially like maybe been around for a while. Like if they survived like all the FTX and like all the rugs and like implosions luna never holding a single ust like they, they're they pretty smart right like so i feel like or not if they're not smart at least they're good at risk so like the chances of you like like if you can get in touch with like a group of these friends or like a like smaller people on twitter i think that's pretty pretty fucking good and it's like you don't have to be like following the big accounts like i, I like even for me like i don't feel like i tweet much thing stuff useful for you guys or let's just say for anyone, right? Like maybe apart from like, hey, I think Bitcoin ETH does that, and then it's like someone with this size may have a more opinion, like some opinion or actionable thing to do. But like I, I don't feel like a lot of stuff I say are very super valuable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the the last thing I wanted to uh, talk about uh, this is just pure shit posting, but um, I asked on Twitter if people have any questions and. An overwhelming majority of them. Uh, let me try to pull this up. Actually, uh, they're they're asking about Unisox. So you have this meme where you're just like jerking off to Unisox, right? Like what? Like what's the origin behind that? And how many shots can a Unisox hold? <laughs> um. So I remember just like one day I I came across this shitcoin worth three thousand dollars, four thousand, four or five thousand dollars. Um. And it's just like this sock from Uniswap, and I was like, okay, this, like, this is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever fucking seen in my whole life, right? Like, dude, ETH was at like 1k back then, or like, no, 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 ETH was at 200, and this shit was at 5k because like this was like 2020, right? And it pumped because uh, every sock holder was gonna get like the uni airdrop, so it pumped to 10k. Everyone bought it, and then like it just stayed at like three, four k for a long time. And I was just like, I bought like 10 gave five out for free and uh, i was like yo this is just absurd i feel like and just how absurd the fact that it was at 5k kind of just made it keep going up and now it's just holding at 40 um i mean and that itself is just fucking ridiculous right like why the fuck do people hold this i don't fucking know which is why i'm holding it uh i mean it's just for fun like i don't know if it goes like much higher um i don't think many people hold it like to to like dump so I don't think it goes too much lower. Like, but again, I don't, I don't know who the fuck would buy this. So it's just probably gonna like, maintain that some value all the time, just because it's like ridiculous. Hey, and, hey, like, you're you're avoiding the original you, you question, man. Just... Like, how, how much cum can a unisock hold if a unisock can't hold cum? That's the that's the original question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> uh, some some questions are better left unasked uh, for the sake of our. Our industry. Okay, okay. For the sake of our industry, we'll keep that a secret. All right, all right. I, th- I think that I think I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, we'll let the audience kind of simmer on that question, um, and we'll leave it to their imagination. Uh, thank you, CL. Uh, do you have any final words for our audience today? Uh, yeah, none. Not really. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Cat. Uh, talk to you later, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.